that crowd, they know who it is. They know the name. The next generation indeed. Next gen. That's his nickname. <laughs> What's up, Steelers fans? Welcome in for another week talking football with Steely Cam. Today's show is brought to you by Mountain Dew. Um, are you annoyed with how solid your morning bowel movements are? Uh, diarrhea. It's so much quicker. I'm not sure if that is a commercial for Mountain Dew or diarrhea, but I am in talks with both of them. Uh, I've left voicemails. Neither of them have called me back. I'm considering them both maybes. Before I talk about the Steelers' improbable 24-17 road victory over the LA Rams today, I want to talk about uh, Dan Moore uh, regaining his starting job at left tackle over Broderick Jones, who took over for uh, Moore when he was injured for the, uh, in the Ravens game. Uh, and Jones acquitted himself pretty well in that performance. Many people were calling for him to have solidified that role and uh, going forward be the starting Steelers left tackle, uh, their their first-round draft pick from this past draft. Um, but uh, Mike Tomlin's philosophy is to not uh, have his players lose their job due to injury. So if they weren't, if the Steelers weren't planning to bench more before he got hurt, uh, he's going to have the job, the starting job, coming back from that injury and the chance to lose that job. The classic story of a rookie finding a path to the NFL is the veteran ahead of him on the depth chart gets hurt, and he gets a, an opportunity and shines and. Uh, once the veteran is healed, he no longer has a job to come back to because the rookie has seized that job by the throat. And uh, by many people's calculations and assessments, Broderick Jones did just that with his performance in the Ravens game. But um, Mike Tomlin is a he's a player's coach. He looks out for these guys. He's not going to let them. Um, Dan Moore is not going to find himself on the street if he's not the starting left tackle for the Steelers anymore. The The offensive line position is at such a premium in the NFL that he's going to find a place to uh, to start if he gets shaken loose. And the Steelers aren't even going to part ways with him. The, the, they need the depth. They know that um, the, the, the war of attrition that an NFL season is, and especially the offensive line, with the continuity we had last year, uh, that... Uh, the genie isn't going to give you that uh, two years in a row. We have a limited amount of wishes there, so they're not going to let him go uh, without a fight. I think what we forget is that um, as good as he did look, and uh, we'd be remiss not to qualify that with by reminding you that um, the Ravens were without their primary pass rushers in that game, Adafeo way. Uh, and whoever the other guy they have over there is. It wasn't the, the typical Ravens pass rush that the Steelers are used to going up against, but um, all qualifiers notwithstanding, uh, he did perform pretty well in that game, but uh, the coaches are seeing them in practice every day, and I think um, if Jones were practicing consistently uh, better than Moore, he would be starting by now. So, in short, I think Jones will be the starter in time. I think the long-term plan is to move one of them over to right tackle, probably more, and uh, cut cut ties with Chooks, who is the more expensive dude, and really is not living up to the money they're paying him, which uh, he may have given up less uh, sacks last year than Dan Moore, but he, he topped Dan Moore in pressures, in total pressures allowed. And a couple times today, especially early, he was the guilty party on uh, on getting Kenny Pickett lit up there, so I think uh, Okorafor is the the next piece out in the offensive line, the next piece to be replaced. As much as much as people talking about Mason Cole, um, right there, hand in hand, is the right tackle spot. Getting into today's twenty four to seventeen victory on the West Coast over the L A Rams today, uh, the drop passes over the last two weeks by opposing receivers. 
have made the Steelers' defense look a little bit better than they are, but they did enough today to get the job done. Um, this, the TJ interception on the first play of the second half, that's a very strange formation, a very strange way to use the best edge rusher on the planet to split him out into the slot there. But the the, mo- the most notable thing about that play is TJ made a pl- read the, the play, uh, broke on a receiver he wasn't even covering on the play, made that interception. And he's pretty good with these runbacks, too. TJ Watt, man, what can you say about the dude? He's he, he does superhuman things coming downhill, getting after the passer. He makes plays in the run game that Miles Garrett doesn't. He's uh, He goes backward in coverage, too. Uh, the plays that he makes against uh, Joe Burrow coming down with those interceptions on plays where he's just trying to get as big as he can, and somehow he's able to close his hands on that ball and come down with picks. And uh, the way he used to light up the diminutive of Baker Mayfield um, just filling passing lanes, getting into guys' faces. It just seems like 90% of Steelers' defensive snaps, T.J. Watt is affecting the play, whether it's through a pressure, through a sack, through a, a, a PBU, through an interception, through a tackle for loss. He's just the best in the world at anything you ask him to do, and Steelers football just isn't going to be as fun to watch once T.J. hangs it up. So you hope he, uh, he continues to perform at this level for quite some time. And uh, you hope we can find someone on the offensive side of the ball to, to be that same uh, human highlight reel. The Pickett to Pickin show is a strong contender in that arena. Uh, they had a nice hookup today down the left sideline. There was a play up the right sideline where uh, just a little bit out of bounds, out of been a nice hookup too early on in that game. But uh, Pickens couldn't get his feet in. The announcer uh, said that uh, gave Pickens the blame on that. Said he should have ran about a better route, but um, uh, he had no notes on the throw, throwing that ball that led the receiver out of bounds. Overall, I think Kenny played a better game than we've seen from him this year. Uh, I think he especially he buckled it down later on. Uh, three rushing touchdowns, one from him, and then one each from Jalen and Najee. What I have to say about Kenny is. Th- thrown over the middle there. He threaded that pass in between three defenders in the Miami game to Friermuth last year. I think that was a fourth down conversion, actually. And he's been chasing that dragon ever since, and it's been biting him in the butt. Uh, he almost threw another pick on a on a very similar pass today. Uh, I think going for 87, Williams there, the, the, the fill-in for Friermuth. Just like any uh, great parent does when they catch their kid with a cigarette, uh, they make them smoke an entire carton. Uh, you gotta you gotta put together a video compilation of all of these throws down the middle that Kenny's throwing these picks, uh, these near picks, um, and and may, just make him sit down and watch it over and over until he just until he's ready to just throw up, uh, because uh, that's the only thing that's gonna get that out of his system is exposure therapy at this point. But this offense has so many demons to exercise right now. You can only handle one of them at a time. Uh, they found some success with Kenny on the QB sneak. Uh, and then they ran it a third time, and uh, the the Rams find, fa- found an answer to it. So, I had uh, I had questions for the that that fourth down call, the 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 quarterback sneak that clearly seemed like it was stopped very short. Um, that uh, just outside of two minutes, that McVeigh would have challenged, but he didn't have any timeouts left. It seems like the kind of situation where they could have radioed into the referee's headset from New York and got the, the record straight there, but that didn't happen. It would have been an automatically triggered review if it were. Uh, and then as McVeigh was arguing, you know, look at look at the jumbotron at how bad the spot on the field was. Uh, you, hear, you hear the referee go, this is now the two-minute warning. 
So uh, if that had happened one play later, then they would have automatically reviewed it. Steelers kind of caught a break there. Um, but uh, the the Rams would have had to tie it and then do something else with the ball. And the, the Steelers defense, you never you never want to bet against them late in the game. So they, 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 they the Rams would have still been facing an uphill battle in that game had that call gone the way that it probably should have. Along those same lines, uh, the pass interference against Akella Witherspoon uh, late in that game seemed awful thin to me. Uh, I wouldn't have liked that call going against me, so I don't want to benefit from that call either. I want to I want to win because of the talent on, that I know my guys have. This team's still struggling to find hope on the offensive side of the ball. The the defensive side is they're they're holding their share. The Steelers' defense in certain games this year, and this game is an example of that. I think have looked a little bit worse than they are because of the. Uh, the offense not doing them any favors as far as time of possession goes, uh, the amount of plays they're forced to make on the field. Uh, they make plenty of those plays, but they're, they also get beat on uh, some of those plays. And, you know, the more times you come to the plate, the more opportunities you get to hit it out of the park. I think the batting average is probably fairly high for the Steelers' defense, but uh, maybe their slugging percentage isn't so much. It's kind of a boomer bust defense by design with and that's what you get when you build a pressure defense that's based on the pass rush, that's based on able to uh, to to force mistakes um, rather than the other way around, building it from the back end up, um, being able to lock down coverage and uh, just trusting the guys up front to do enough. That's an occupational hazard of the type of ball the Steelers' defense chooses to play. But, um, you know, you, you live by the sword, you die by the sword with that one. Joey Porter Jr. Uh, moving into the starting lineup. Overall, a not a bad day in coverage. May have gotten away with a couple uh, preemptive contacts, but um, it, it's good to see because he wasn't getting away with those in the college game. Uh, the the Big Ten officiating crews uh, were keying in on the on on the legacy who bore the name of a former NFL player. So he he drew some undue attention there in college. But uh, the knock on him is the tackling that's been holding him off the field. Uh, he had two more missed tackles today. Uh, going back to his time at Penn State, he was often frustrating as far as trying to use his shoulder a little too much. Um, and uh, he's he's learning that that's, that's not going to get the, do- the job done, especially at this level. But it's good to see the rookie second-round pick progressing nicely, uh, especially with the first-round pick, Jones, a little bit more of a winding path to the starting rotation. Speaking of the offense rotation, uh, much ado was made this past week and over the bye about Jalen Warren's play warranting a greater share of the offense uh, compared to Najee Harris. And his touchdown today notwithstanding, I think I would caution many people as saying that his success, I think, has largely been a factor of the, the change-up factor, uh, working off of Najee Harris rather than his his own ability to stand on his own. And that's not to say he's not a great runner. Obviously, you have to be to succeed at the NFL. But Jalen Warren's uh, burst off the line in his acceleration, his lack of patience, his violence, in fact, as a runner, uh, play off of Najee Harris's natural patience, his uh, waiting for lanes to open in front of him. If, if the Steelers running back room were a major league pitcher, they would be a, a Tom Glavin or a guy like that whose who's changeup is actually better than the fastball, uh, more effective than the fastball, excuse me, not better. Uh, obviously, the, the fastball is the, you know, the, the scarier, uglier pitch. Najee Harris is the bigger, stronger, scarier man than Jalen Warren, but Warren has the, that sneakiness that, that, that playing off of Harris makes him even more effective. 
I really like them as a tandem. I don't think either of them would be as good uh, if they were, you know, if they were separated. You know, maybe they if they were in a different system, you know. Uh, not to get on Matt Canada already, but, uh, you know, why not? Let's get on Matt Canada. They gave him some love. The The TV broadcast did uh, after a, the, the was it after the Warren touchdown? After No, it was after the, the Connor misdirection right before that, the Najee touchdown. The broadcast uh, mentioned how what a great design it was for Canada, and uh, that's something that we don't hear much of at all. Uh, certainly, you know, we hear plenty of the opposite, but, um, you know, it's good to kind of balance out that, that reporting and and you saw a little bit of passion there from Canada when they cut to him in the in the box there after the after the Warren touchdown you saw him screaming let's go he was just the antithesis today of the of the energy that he was showing after the George Pickens touchdown in the Ravens game um, people were saying that he was a dead man walking just didn't care about his job anymore and you know he was bummed out that is that to score because he was he was just hoping to get fired at that point the last thing I want to touch on is uh, George Pickens the one of the the knocks on him coming out of Georgia was the character concerns. He had gotten kicked out of a couple of games for some some violent conduct, shoving guys well past the play, well out of bounds uh, at Georgia there. And um, he's shown flashes of it. Uh, fla- he he just cares so much about the game. You see it when they're losing, the frustration he shows about the offense, um, and then. Uh, today he took two personal uh, two personal fouls, um, and even after the second one, he was still jawing at their receiver. And uh, Deontay Johnson was what, the Carolina game last year where he was kind of kind of being a pest and uh, took a penalty, shushing the shushing Akello after the play that he made. Um, you know, kind of souring DJ, what would have been a, a very nice return for DJ from the from the disabled list. Uh, a couple of nice catches for him. Another one that was wiped out by by that by that first George Pickens penalty. Um, getting back to Pickens, so uh, you know, people like to poo-poo those assessments coming out of college of you know twenty, eighteen, nineteen year olds having character concerns. Uh, because what kid that age doesn't, we're starting to see that frustration boil over uh, a little too much. And um, his performance obviously justifies a lot of that divaness. But uh, just like with AB, at what point does enough become enough and we just become over it and it doesn't uh, justify the, the attitude anymore. Um, I think it, we're a couple years down the line from having to to reckon with that situation, but um, obviously you don't want guys to create penalties and put your team behind the sticks for no reason. Um, obviously you don't want them to do that twice, but uh, the worst thing I think that I saw from Pickens today was uh, multiple teammates, including his quarterback, uh, trying to talk to him, trying to calm him down after that second flag, and he's just waving him off and walking him away and walking away. And uh, even Mike Tomlin had a hard time getting him to stop and listen to, to reason. That's a little bit concerning to me. I think, obviously, the talent is immense, and I, I'm in no way am I saying it's time to give up on the kid. I would sooner give up on my uh, on my dear friend Mountain Dew uh, than I would give up on George Pickens as, as, a, as a Steelers receiver. But, um, you know... I would love to see a more zen attitude from him. I would love to see them smooth out some of that volatility. Uh, you know how famously Lynn Swan or maybe John Stallworth. I, I want to say Swan because Swan, you know, d- connotes grace and whatnot. Uh, taking ballet lessons to improve their body control and to help with their football career. 
you hope he can get some do something about this off the field because on the field George Pickens has absolutely everything you could ask for. It's just the uh, you know between the ears where. Um, I would like to see him take another step there. All in all, it's all smiles after a Steelers victory here, uh, a rare West Coast victory, and we come home next week to face the Jacksonville Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence at home. I hope to be able to solve that riddle, but I uh, hope to continue stacking victories. Uh, that's how you build success in this league. The The Ravens are seeming to be as legit as ever, so it's going to be tough to keep pace with them. Uh, offense needs to continue to figure something out, needs to find an identity, uh, they've been so inconsistent, it's been hard to find something to build on week to week. But, um, you know, it seems like the rushing game kind of found its footing today with three rushing touchdowns. Maybe that, that'll get this give, give this team a, a spark, especially early in games moving forward. So as we look to the future for that, we keep our eyes on the stars and our feet on the ground. And we, we, we keep counting down the, the top 20 here. I'm Casey Kasem. I disappeared and my family was very scared right before I died. That's probably in bad taste. I apologize. Um, have a good week, Steelers fans. I gotta go. I've been drinking the amount of duel.